everybody, and welcome to a sober wild ride with Steve-O. Man, I gotta say that this week's guest, Brandon Novak, has got to be the most recklessly honest guest we have ever had. I'm asking the guy about prostituting himself for drugs, and he's like, oh yeah, you wanna know about every little gross sex act he pulled? You just stay tuned, okay? You stay tuned right here. And, and where is right here for me? Um, balls deep in my bucket list tour, baby. And you know what that means? I don't have time to go get harassed in some restaurant. No, 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 no. I'm not even leaving my tour bus at the venue to get my food. And how am I going to get food like this delicious tomato soup that's nice and hot still? DoorDash, baby. And boy, do I have a deal for you. If you want to not get off your sofa and just order up the dopest meal of your choosing, plus get 25% off your first order of $15 or more and no delivery fees, up to a value of 10 bucks, all you got to do, baby, is download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Stevo. That's right. They love the Wild Ride Podcast listeners. So, and one more time that's 25% off your first order of $15 or more up to a value of $10 if you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Stevo. So enjoy some DoorDash feast and let's get into it. Okay dude so we're rolling everywhere. I'm okay over here. Rolling Lux. Yeah. Okay. Rolling on everything. See? <laughs> <laughs> I got myself. I, I, I thought about it. You thought about it. It just ricocheted <laughs> off your hand into my forehead. As soon as he coughed, I looked up too to Man. see. Yeah. Just, I was okay. He's, he's going to forget about it. Well, hopefully, we can start it there. Yeah. At the I cough. Have a cough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Novak. Yeah. yeah, dude. I'm really stoked to be here, man. Well, dude, we're stoked to have you. You know, we didn't make it clear on previous podcasts that this is actually our tour bus. It's still a wild ride. If anything, it's even wilder. Um, well, if but, you see this in the background, that's the tour bus. Right. And yeah. you're on said tour. Right. And I'm so excited that we, for the first time, are sitting down with a guest who has been present at one of the shows on our bucket list tour. <laughs> it's um, and we just got done performing right now. Yeah, it's having known you through a lot of years and a lot of experiences and 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 great memories. I never walk away um, feeling like I didn't get what I was hoping for. Um, when we were getting loaded, it was insanity, and, and I've been locked in some hotel rooms with you where you would not let us leave. Um, <laughs> and this was that, but like on angel dust. You know, like Miranda, I, 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 I didn't want to watch it, but I couldn't not watch it. And I, I found myself like laughing uncontrollably a lot of times. Well, thanks, dear. Tonight, I. I want to fucking kind of fuck Doggo. I got, like, <laughs> I got like this intimate feeling from him because he right. like w really took care of you and and, and and comforted you in a really extreme right. time. Right. Well, well Doggo, you want to explain who Doggo is? Doggo's the guy who was strapped to my back while I was butt naked and furiously jerking off in the airplane before I blew the load as I fell out <laughs> with Doggo on my back. Um, and... We just, it was great to have you at, at the show, and it was great that that was the biggest audience I've ever performed stand-up for as a headliner. It's funny, because the, the last show I went to, uh, you were at the smaller venues. Comedy club. And you have to, like, um, order drinks or food right. at the table. It's like going to a strip joint. You can't go there and not give money. money. Right, it's a, called a two-drink minimum. Yeah, which I get, but... The caveat in that plan tonight was that I just ate before I got here, and I'm like, fuck, I don't really want... So when I got here and saw that that wasn't the deal, A, I was really stoked. Right. But then when I saw the crowd, and... Dude, I've... You know, you're a sober guy, I'm a sober guy, and you got sober years before me, but I've always watched what you've done, and uh, you've provided me with a lot of, like, uh, motivation and, and kind of 
self-assurance in myself through believing in what you're doing. So to see you transition from those small, you know, two drink minimum joints to these sold out arenas. It just well, continues. We're not in arenas yet, well, man, but that's the goal. Yeah, well you gotta speak it to existence. Right. right? Derek, yeah. right man. Well Stadium. thank you, dude. And we don't have to harp on about how amazing <laughs> the performance was. You know, we, we can get into other things, dude. There's a lot I wanna uh can, talk to you about. Can I start at the beginning with you guys? When did you guys meet? How, what's your timeline together? Uh first time that we met, I'm gonna guess it was um Probably like in the filming of was it Jackass number two that you came into the scene? Was it? It was two. Was when I came into the scene. But remember the Gumball Rally? Was that before? Yeah, but I wasn't on your Gumball Rally. I don't think when we went out, we destroyed that car. For oh, Bam. I feel like that was the first night we really hit it off. Okay, I don't know which came first. But that was a Jackass number two situation. Yeah. So, so, so I guess the filming of. Wait, were two. you not on Viva La Bam? Yeah. You were. I was you there. Weren't? Yeah, I was. Oh, you were. Okay. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that the first time I remember would have been uh, like the day when they brought like a snowblower into like April's house and it was like ski down the stairs. That's that. That you're right. That was the first initial meeting. And dude, it's yeah. your fucking fault, dude, that I got that uh, <laughs> awful baby tattoo because <laughs> I remember it's your that. Fucking fault because that day when they filled the house with snow and you went skiing down the stairs and flew through the screen door. It was that same day, and I think it was the first day that we met when I saw your your tattoo of two male rollerblades the ro rollerbladers like having missionary gay sex full on and it was I was just like dude that is the most aggressive I remember yeah like hilarious tattoo and then like you were I was like I gotta one up that <laughs> and know, I remember like, when you that was like my, my motivation <laughs> and, you, and you did <laughs> you did you did it and then people were like he did. <laughs> <laughs> like, Steve, we love you. We're your fan, but. <laughs> yeah. No, you that won. made, that you made your rollerblader sex tattoo look so classy. <laughs> I, I just won by default. Fuck yeah. Story of my life, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, um,. Well, I, mean, I was just stoked because you were like, you were writing a book at the time. You're like, I'm going to use that for the cover of my book. Oh, I don't know that I was writing a book at or that time. You had time. some I kind mean, of book. I was thing. always working on a book, but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was never like a real serious thing until after I got sober. But and, nonetheless, like you were fucking steps and eons ahead of me as far as like the fame with Jackass. So I was just taking it vicariously through you wanting my tattoo on your book. Like, I'll fucking oh, right. ride that coattail. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. And, uh, I mean, suffice to say, you were a mess. You know, I mean, you haven't been, like, very open about your struggles with, with, uh, with drugs and alcohol. I thought maybe we could kind of peer into that. You know, it's something I'm really candid about. I'd like to rather not speak on you know, that. Is I mean, this an I exclusive? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if a lot of people know, but... but uh, Does anyone... I'm sober, but... Have, have you come out? Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. I'm fucking sober! <laughs> So, so you are super candid about it, and um, they, like as somebody who follows you on social media, like it seems that that um, like all the time you're posting, hey, if you need help, like with with you know issues with addiction, yeah, then call me, yeah, and you include a phone number there. Yeah. Is that actually your number in your pocket? Like it would be ringing all day. So I have two phones that I carry around. One is that number, and if I don't answer that, like if it doesn't work with what I'm doing like right now, then it goes through to a team of people that help aid and assist that person with whatever their situation is. Okay. What's the success rate of somebody calling you and getting help and staying sober? I mean, not that there's a percentage, but is it common? I mean, do people actually go yeah. through on? Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's you have to weed it out. It's I mean, like, Scott knows better than like I mean, no, the, the success like, rates. Success rates in general with addiction are like they're shit. Just 
terrible. Yeah, it makes it very undesirable if you look at the stats. Like you just think well, you're fighting I mean, unwinning calls. Yeah, that, that, that's how I felt when I first heard the statistics. And yeah. I, I was in rehab in 1995, and I was only 20 years old. And I was like, wait, 95 percent of the yeah. alcoholics and addicts don't get sober. Like, then why would I even bother? And the statistics kept me loaded. Totally. But then once I was ready, yeah, I could argue that the statistics kept me sober because I knew that the odds were so against me that I had to just like do everything in my power to give myself an advantage and and it really like made me take it seriously and so I stayed in sober living until I had two years I did all this stuff to like really give myself the advantage and and that's you know really why I'm still around that's my fucking approach exactly like you know obviously I, I, I fucking I loved drugs and alcohol I couldn't get enough right I, dude let's not say that in the past tense right? I mean fucking dude we well, still yeah. yeah I would love to but, get loaded but now it's it. like I, I get off on like the sobriety part of it right it's the kind of the closest connection that I have with that past so it works for me so me like you I remember going to treatment like this half of the room's dead. This right. half of the room, yeah. look to your right, your left. Well, two of those are dead. I'm like, right fuck. Now. They, I think they would say, they say, okay, look around. Yeah. There's twelve of you. Only one of you's gonna make yeah, it. It's like, that's what the statistics fuck. are. Dude, why, why am I wasting my your time? Just fucking get loaded. And mm -hmm. I do that. And so when I got sober, I'm like, dude, fuck statistics because the statistics state that I should be higher dead right now and I'm not yeah. and it defies odds and logic so like if I can do it why the fuck can't you right I think that the, mm -hmm. that the problem is that the statistics are for like alcoholics and, and addicts at large whereas like when people actually get serious about recovery and start doing the things that we do then all of a sudden the statistics are a whole different deal yeah, yeah they know? don't even exist really yeah I mean, if you get into this program of recovery and do the things we do then it's a pretty simple process yeah but let me ask you this because it's something that that uh, occurs to me kind of a lot you know being someone who follows you like how just about every post that you put on instagram like it almost invariably is related to your recovery yeah and then and and so i think my question is how many people have expressed concern that like, whoa, you know, like you're putting it out there so much that like we worry about you. Sure. To, some have, right? Like the people that are pretty close to me have. Because I, I, I identify as one of those people. I, I, I think, man, oof, like Novak's putting it out there so much like as like his identity. Yeah. That like it, it feels like, you know, I'm, like scared, like I, I, I just worry about it. You well, know? thank you for that yeah. right like that, that that's what friends are for yeah dude um and for me i, I kind of treat it as like a, an added layer of safety right like i'm such an extremist and i'm such a fucking all or nothing that it kind of adds a little more to like the what helps keep me like wanting to do this like i could easily sneak and let myself down and no one will know so right. it's like jumping out of a plane with two parachutes as opposed to one if that makes okay. any sense i mean i just think like here's what creeps me out and it creeps me out so much when i heard that um the people with the highest rates of relapse mm. are people who work yeah. in recovery yeah I mean, it's so counterintuitive. If you imagined that, like, like you know, the people who died of cancer the most were doctors who worked with cancer patients or something. You, know, you like, think like, you should know. Right, right. It's it's counterintuitive. Absolutely. Terrible example with the cancer thing. But, um, but it just makes me, like, think, oof, you know, like, I want to be so careful to not ever, like, professionalize, yeah, you know, recovery. to let that become the identity of the individual. Right, dude, I had this one experience where, uh, what, like, I, I got, I got uh, hired to go um, to a university, and they did, uh, it was to just do an onstage Q&A about mental health, mm. and I didn't even think about it, they were paying me, like, you know, an obnoxious amount of money to go out and, like, answer questions. I'd go on stage and like, and and very quickly every question that they asked me about mental health, my answer I would find was like, oh well, you know, I, I kind of only really know like 
like addictions. I can't speak to, you know, like like all the various mental health issues. But like, you know, I see everything kind of through the prism of of just like you know addiction and alcoholism and recovery. And then like very quickly, I realized, oh my god, like I'm here getting paid to share the message of recovery. And the scariest thing of all was after I got done, I I had this thought flash through my mind, which was. Oh well, dude. If everything dries up and comedy doesn't work out, and like this or that, like I mean, I suppose I could go around getting paid to talk about recovery. And then I was like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's a, that's what scares me the most. Sure, I, it, you know, the two things that I know about in this world uh, is skateboarding and and drugs and alcohol. Like that's kind of what I I know and I love the most. And dude, by the way, you are fucking skateboarding, dude. I'm so impressed by the the video you showed me before. Again, and I'm not trying to suck you off live on the show, but seeing the clips that you send me, and I'm like, dude, this is because when I got sober, I wanted no part of skateboarding because I felt like it was the love that I let get have away. You, have you surpassed a younger you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I turn, that's been my goal. Like, like in my, I was like, man, in my forties, if I can outskate every younger version of me, that's yeah, that's. I, I mean, I have a video part coming out that is by far the best part I've ever put out I, at forty two. Right, right? I like, I'm it. still learning tricks. Um, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, like physically, but mentally. But we have to fight so hard oh, to get a trick. I, I saw mean, your dude. post the other day when you slammed like a kickflip. <laughs> I could relate to like I saw it in your face. I'm so sore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need a walker for like five days after yeah. I skate. It's not. It, it's tough. Yeah, it's a lot dude. hard. I can't flip the board much these days. Um, Steve, have you surpassed the old skateboarding? That, like, uh, I. There are certain things that I just will never be able to do again that I could do at a certain time, you know? But what I've been going after and like when I try to get a new trick, it's such a battle. But the tricks that I have gotten are things that I either have never done before or are like way bigger versions of something I've done before. Mm. So like I, I have outskated myself, but leaving out a bunch of stuff that I could never do that I could do before. I noticed that I, I, I start really um, kind of talking myself out of things that I could probably do. Like, oh, well, it's pretty dicey. I could get hurt. Where before, that was never the mind frame. It was yeah. like, do first, think last. Now I'm kind of being really cautious, overly maybe. <clears throat> and... <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. We can like keep a tally for those. Before we you start should. recording, you didn't go Scott's that way. like, Steve you coughs that towards way. me every time. And I just did that. Again, I have coughed towards you every time. In your life. That <laughs> <laughs> is on the podcast. Okay. But hey, he's um, counting. So, dude, like, here's another question. When you were in the throes of addiction, you know, actively shooting up as much as you possibly could. Yeah. Like... How did you not get like AIDS and shit? Were you like sharing Dude. needles and shit? Did you just get super lucky? Man, how did you not get AIDS when you're sharing needles? Is that a question or what? Plus, Brandon Novak has no problem telling you exactly what the answer is. And I got no problem telling you how I don't get sick on tour because I take care of my hydration, man, and my vitamins. And how do I do that? With liquid IV. This doesn't just make you more hydrated and healthier. It tastes absolutely delicious. I got all these killer flavors and you know what I'm going for today? Strawberry baby. And so I just take one stick, a little packet of liquid IV, drop it into 16 ounces of water and boom, it's like I drank three 16 ounces of water. That's what I'm talking about, man. And convenient 16 ounce can of liquid death makes it real easy to just drop that all in there. This is how I start my day, man. And with extra hydration, extra vitamins, I don't worry about getting sick because I can't be missing shows on my tour. Hell no. Uh uh. All right. So if you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code STEVO, you get 25% off of anything you want to get. And trust me, you want to get it. So to get that 25% off of anything you want to order, 
at liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Stevo, baby, and never miss a show. Never get sick. And keep rocking on tour. Yeah, dude. Now let's talk about not getting AIDS. <laughs> My newest book that came out, there's a chapter called The AIDS Needle That I Shot Up With. And, wow. and like, things got really bad. I'm living in these abandoned houses in East Baltimore, and I remember I was doing my deal and the needle uh, jammed up, right? And it's like the middle of the night and it's, so I'm look on this floor and it's just polluted with all these dirty needles, used needles. And I literally kind of process of elimination looked for the one that was the least used. You're right? like, this one doesn't have AIDS on This one does, this one does. Or the, I mean, this one probably out of all of them might not. Like, this is my best shot of it. it. No, like, it, don't you give yourself a pretty good chance if you just flush it through with water? Bleach. Bleach, okay, but yeah. even water would help, right? Because what it is about hypodermic needles that makes it so uh, dangerous for HIV is that in that hollow needle in there, it, the the HIV virus is not exposed to air. Like on a tattoo needle, it's a solid needle, so everything's exposed to air. It's very difficult to get AIDS from that. At that point in time in my life, I had no idea of any of that knowledge. <laughs> okay. That wasn't my reference. Right. You know, you it was just, just like, through. I'm just go. like sick, Let's let's do it. <laughs> Right and um, and I I used the needle and you're making month, it sound like it was one night. You're telling me you never shared. Oh no, names. I, I did. But this is the one time where like I thought like I I definitely just got it right. Like it was one time that was really stuck out above all the other times that I've shared needles. Right and uh, and I've done it often at that point in time. So a few months later on the line, I'm sick and there's this place. It's kind of like a health clinic and they're paying you. Uh, $30 to get blood work done. So they pay you 30 to get the blood work done and then they give you 10 or they, no, I'm sorry, they give you 20 to come back and pick the results up. So, so, really, so, so it's a medical shit. study and they're testing like different ways of... Uh... They want the drug addicts to come in A, to get tested so they know they'll do that with the money and right. then the 20 on the back end to pick it up to get the the results. So when you come in, they're also giving you clean needles, clean because it's kind of a, a, right. a, a harm reduction deal. Right, and and uh, I think there's a, a great many addicts that just don't want to know if they have HIV or not, and so that's they give they're really paying yes. you twenty bucks to inform you because should the addict know that they have HIV, then maybe they'll be a little bit more responsible about spreading it. Ignorance is no longer bliss. Right. Point proven. So. I, I get I go thirty bucks let them take the test cool no no intentions ever to go back and get the results because I'm fucking you're like dude I don't need twenty bucks I, that bad no yeah. I'm living it, in a dumpster but legit <laughs> until one day I needed the twenty bucks that bad uh -huh. right so I go back were you so scared terrified and they 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 give me the twenty and the, and the doctor's there and I said look doctor please I beg you just don't tell me if I have HIV you can tell me anything else just <laughs> give me it all but that. And he says, well, the good news is you don't have HIV, but the bad news is you have hepatitis C. And I fucking high-fived him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Oh, my. I remember when uh, I, I, went, like, I had my family all like um, giving me a hard time about my lifestyle and my addiction. And I was like, look, I'm gonna go to this fucking uh, executive health program, like, uh, and get the most comprehensive checkout known to man. Because Doctor Drew told me about it. Yeah. Wasn't even covered by insurance because it was just so like extra. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'm gonna get tested every fucking test you can possibly. And if and if I come back healthy, then you guys get off my back. And I was just like, dude, of course I'm gonna come up clean. So I go, I go up, uh, get all these tests, and then the doctor calls, like, hey, I need to give you your results in person. Oh, that's like not that's good. That's a horrible sign. So I go in there and I'm thinking, fuck, man, like what, what, what is, like what's wrong with my wiener? Uh, right? I'm scared you know? for you right now. I go into the doctor's office and I'm like, doc. Is it my wiener? <laughs> you know, like, is it like, is it like, I'm thinking like I've got some terrible STD. He goes, no, your wiener's fine. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he says, oh, no, it's your heart. He says, you've got a heart condition. He says, you've got the heart of like an 80-year-old man. Oh, and, wow. Like, I don't see you living to the age of like 
40 or, or something like that. And I was like, who, like, high, high five. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? My, my, fuck my heart. My, my wiener's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'll fuck my way into heaven. Yeah, and then it turned out that, uh, that I would, like, I had very, like, borderline cardiomyopathy, like, minor. So did you do I mean, what did. was my necessary? Chilling. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think my heart's good, dude. Hey, how do you get into shooting dope? I mean, I know it's obvious. Like, did you start with Vicodin and you went to Oxy and then you're like, "Fuck, it's just cheaper to get heroin." Or like, what's the psychology? Because not it's a lot of people, school. but not a lot of people decide to inject in their vein. Like, what was that decision like the first time injecting into your veins? So no, I didn't start with the pills. It kind of went from you know the herb to the blow to I sold I did Grateful Dead tour for a little bit and right. I did, wait what year uh, 96 <laughs> 95 94 well Jerry died in 95 yeah well I was supposed to be no yeah cause I was supposed to be at the last show they played Unbroken Chain at at Charlotte Coliseum which is where I got arrested so I didn't get to see him play the song so mm. definitely 95 cause I was at that show and before my reference of years is fucked but that was the first time I was arrested at 17, and in Mecklenburg, I ended up going to Mecklenburg State Penitentiary because you're an adult at 17 from the fucking Grateful Dead show. But point being is when I got into Dead Tour, I got into it for selling drugs and like making good money, not sure. really for the music. Me too, man. I went to every single show on the East Coast 94 tour <laughs> of the Grateful Dead. What kind of drugs were I you guys I selling? I think I got on probably maybe then but a little right after so I might have just missed you I mean dude I would show up to the show like my car on fumes you know yeah. I had it I had this used car it'd be on fumes and I would like go like do a backflip for like you know like a, a buck or something I'd do like five backflips for a dollar and then I'd be like okay cool like I've got five bucks and then I would like for five bucks, I would go to a deadhead and get like three hits of acid. Yeah. And then I would take each hit of acid and go sell them for five bucks. Now I've got 15 bucks. And then I would take that 15 bucks and go buy like an eighth of weed. That's it. And then like once I had the eighth of weed, I would sell that for like fucking 30 bucks. And then now I got 30 bucks and I'd go and fucking buy a bag of mushrooms. And, it's just a like, constant come up. So I was riding for Pal at the time and I would go and I'd have boxes of boards and I'm just selling boards on the lot trading them for tickets no you name it yeah and so you're a fan of grateful dead music yeah i love it i noticed yeah, that i dude. listen to it more now with my age i'm just kind of at that point Scott in my life and I, are big I love it dude yeah I, i've kind of come back i missed the whole fish era that didn't really do it for me because mm -hmm. i did dead tour so i was like yeah eh, not my but anyway so i'm I, I meet up with this guy out of san francisco who who lays uh grams of acid lays crystal grams so we're getting wow. like 20 10 packs at a time books 10 packs of sheets of yes. water acid so, so it's a that's thousand like, hits really, like a sheet has a hundred hits so a thousand in a book a oh okay so I'm getting like this guy's coming with the raw gram and he's actually laying it in a hotel and me and a couple other dead you know we go in and I get this paper one night and the guy who's gonna buy a few books doesn't have all the cash but he has some heroin how much would a book be for me at that at that level where I was getting it right from the guy Wholesale? laying the grams like three, four hundred bucks. And how much can for, you make off that? For a thousand for a hits. For a thousand hits. And this is back in 95. Thousand hits, so five bucks a hit, that's five thousand, so you're turned, so you're more than ten times in your money. Easily. But I wasn't doing it that. I was still selling it in books for like eight hundred and still doing great. Because we right, had so wow. much. If you get caught with a book, it's you're I mean, dude, if, you get, if you get caught with three like, if They charge you with attempting to overthrow the government. With that. I mean, dude, they're really? like the, yeah, the Grateful Dead tour. There are still people in prison from yeah, the, oh. the, the Grateful Dead tour was just a fucking left a a just in its wake. Just people in prison for decades. Yeah, it was gnarly. How do you how do you know that? A documentary? I don't know if it was a documentary, but um, <laughs> or just friends it's, I know. It's facts. It's fucking it's, facts. It's I mean, dude, widely like, known. I didn't hear about overthrowing the government, but I know that like like a lot of acid. If you've got LSD, that's a fucking oh, heavy, what? heavy crime. It's dude. serious. How long do you go to jail for if you get caught overthrowing the government? Fuck I don't know why treason, acid's bro. overthrowing the government, but huh? is it because it's you like get beheaded? It's like you can brainwash people to or something like I don't that. Know. But we still didn't get to the heroin. Yeah. 
So I sold this guy. <laughs> so back to the heroin. And, <laughs> and the heroin. And if you didn't know, Needles. I'm sober too, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a sober guy here. Needles, heroin, you're on. Did heroin, doesn't do heroin. And here we go. <laughs> if you need help, call me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, so you're buying books so, and acid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, we have a guy flying in from San Francisco who's laying raw yeah. grams. And, and that leaves us with lots of books. And uh, one night, this guy was short on the cash. So he gave us some heroin. And I was like, cool, whatever. Paid no mind to it. What kind of heroin? Tar? No. White, he China white? white. Yeah, yeah. He flew in from San Francisco. We were in Baltimore. So it was like just white raw dope. Not okay. like the West Coast Chiba tar. And uh, I just put it in my sock drawer. Like totally didn't think about it. Forgot about it. A few days later, we're catching the Greyhound bus to, I forget what show it was. We were jumping back on tour. And my buddy's like, you got the dope. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool. So in my mother's bedroom at my mother's house, at six, just turned 17. How much dope was it? It was like 200 bucks worth. Okay, so what's that? Like a few like grams, a, eight balls? Maybe like a, a gram. It was raw heroin, so okay. you don't get a lot there. Um, but we did it, and I instantly did it, you snorted, it. snorted it, and instantly yeah. threw up. So that continued on. But how I went from that to shooting it was... Well, because snorting, it's just fucking wasteful. What, yeah. Did you like it when you snorted it? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, but you, be, you you build a tolerance, yeah. right? And you need more, and you got to spend more and spend more to, to get that same high. And so, like, everybody does heroin for their first time. They're like, I would never, never. shoot up. Totally. But then you, you're snorting it or smoking it, and, like, you develop a tolerance. It's not getting you right. And you're like, fuck, man. Like, and I then love I, heroin, and I just, like, I, I can't not shoot up it because it's just not economical and I want to actually get that feeling stronger. And then someone like me comes along and says, dude, if you fucking shoot up like a half of a dime bag, you'll be just as high as sniffing that 300. And You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, shooting up is not so taboo anymore. Did you ever shoot anybody up for their very first time? No, I wasn't good at I could do me. But, but how, how do like you a, learn how to shoot up? I got some words of wisdom for you. Don't shoot up. How about that? Yeah. And you want some real wisdom? Let me tell you the saying I heard. The only beverage of the wise man is water. And you can get your water in a super cool looking tall boy can that looks just like a beer and is infinitely recyclable from liquid death. Tell you, man, it's the easiest way to stop drinking a bunch of super unhealthy soda to switch to liquid death sparkling water. And you're not just making a healthy choice for yourself, you're making a healthy choice for Mother Earth, man, because the environment is getting devastated by plastic, which is why infinitely recyclable cans from Liquid Death are saving the world. And I'm telling you, man, I'm a lot healthier because I'm drinking a lot more water, staying hydrated in the mornings with my Liquid Death spring water and drinking my Liquid Death sparkling water throughout the day. Now, you want to know how cool this company is? They're giving you the craziest deal. You go to liquiddeath.com slash stevo and you get free shipping on all your orders of water and merch and they've got killer merch do you know how crazy that is like cases of water they weigh a lot to ship them that's expensive and you don't have to pay it if you go to liquiddeath.com slash stevo you get free shipping on your orders man That's because Liquid Death is a cool company, and they love the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast. So get on over to liquiddeath.com slash Stevo, and let's talk about how you learn how to shoot shoot up. (laughs) Like, I know a buddy of mine who was in there and watched a YouTube video. (laughs) That's fucking advanced. Like, I didn't do that. I just, I I would give someone a little bit. Can you look up on YouTube how to shoot up heroin and see sure. up a video? Oh, like, sure. box. That's insane. <laughs> how to like, use a needle? Yeah. You know? How to? So that, but how do you? Who teaches you that? So I would give somebody a little bit to do it for me at first. What a pussy! And then oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then after I got tired of giving it to him, I learned real quick. Somebody, you know? I mean, dude, you're a piece I of a, shit if you if you shoot somebody up for the first time. Yeah, but I mean, you you are. But you're already so disconnected from reality that, like, why would that not make sense? I guess you're, you're maybe there's part no, of you. There's no ethics and morals involved of, like, in, when you're smacked, uh, that, smacked yeah, up. At that point in time. Were you ever in a situation where someone OD'd and everyone's like, let's dip? 
Or like throw him in a dumpster. No, no, that's Jesus. fucking callous. <laughs> Even at that point, but, I don't know if I would. It happens. Right, it happens yeah. all the time. Nah, I I like to think of myself as a fucking junkie with morals. Like I I actually was like a I, I think a good person. Here, hold on to this hundred for me. Yeah, I would fucking, I would steal that. <laughs> but I wouldn't let you die. <laughs> you know, fuck. Right? Did you find anything? Oh my god! Uh, yeah. So this video is safer. Heroin injecting. Oh how to do it the safest way possible. It started, he was like washing his hands at the beginning. There you go. That's and God. Man it. after man. 722,000 wow. views. 722,000 views. And how long? What, how long is the video? Three minutes? You know, how, okay. Yeah. How many months has it been out or how oh, many years? I'm sorry. It's, it's eight years it's oh, been out. So maybe it's the video your buddy saw. It could be. Wow. They were doing it safely. But, so when you're shooting up, like, what do you? You're flicking it to get the bubbles out because you'll die if a bubble gets into your veins. They would say that an air bubble could create something in your veins. You know, I just did it because that's just what I saw other people doing. Yeah. And I didn't want to like, yeah, you know, I wasn't reinventing the wheel here. And the first time you get <laughs> shot up with it, you're just like, oh dear God. So the first time I got shot up with it, though was not that way, right? So I'm sniffing, I'm sniffing it, and then. My girlfriend at the time, we're driving through this reservoir and she nods out and my head, and gets a car accident and my head goes through the windshield, right? So I'm in the hospital and they have me with all these IVs um, and a guy brings me heroin to the room and he just puts it right <laughs> into the IV that then goes in my arm. So did, did he have to cook it on a spoon? Yeah, before, yeah, yeah. Before in the hospital in? room? Totally in the hospital room. And then that was my first you know, way yeah, of injecting that's, it. That's oh, wow. Yeah. And you like it? I loved it. So, do you know when, in, in, in the <laughs> oh, hood, so like when, when addicts get really bad and they kind of blow out of their veins and they have to go to the hospital and the hospital puts an IV in, they'll leave with the IV just the because they have a direct main line. Yeah. Because oh. they can't hit it on their own. Holy moly. Right, you don't want to close that door if yeah. it's open. Yeah. So they'll like legit go there to get them to run an IV on you for whatever they say they need or however they can make it happen. And then w walk out of the hospital with a fucking wow. IV is, bag. Is, is, is how, there... how long can, is that good for? How long can you keep it? I don't know. These so it falls out? Yeah, I'm sure they're Until not too worried. Did you ever have abscesses? They run an abscess. Is, is, there, is there a point where like... Uh, uh, a rock bottom of like fuck dude I'm shooting up in my toes now or am I shooting I up in my dick I shot up bleach one time that was pretty bad you injected bleach yeah because so I'm, I'm living with this this woman named Annette in these projects that I no white people really belong in it's uh, and I couldn't leave the house to go cop right it was like a really rough neighborhood and uh, so she would go but one day I didn't have any money so she goes out to cop and when she leaves I get her st her needles and her spoons, and I'm like putting water on the spoons and getting like her leftovers, like a hot shot of her leftovers. But I'm also using her needles, and scraping the resin. Yeah. But so I'm, you're like I'm shooting up her blood, so I should probably mix some bleach into it. But there's a little bit of heroin in but there. But I'm in a hurry, right? <laughs> I'm in a hurry because Annette's gone. So time is of the essence. Because if she comes back and catches me in her shit, she's gonna fuck me up. So I'm like, I have a thing of water and a thing of bleach. You don't fuck with Annette. And a thing of blood and a thing of heroin. <laughs> so, so I'm Sorry. rushing to I get the the water cleaned out and then the bleach. I'm I'm hurrying up and pushing it through and then I intend to put the needle in the water to then put on the res. But I'm in such a hurry, I put the bleach on the res and I cook it. And when it comes back, it has a yellow tint, just like heroin does anyways. Bleach? Yeah. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I have a great shot here. Like, I'm going to actually get high off this. And I put it in me. And it's and I probably maybe like five cc's, so it's not much. It's like, the, and at about two in, I feel like an internal inferno that is like, but... I'm in such denial that it's not heroin. I still continue to put it in because, Ugh. like, I can't believe that. Wow, dude. And, and at the time, I have warrants for my arrest. So although I realize I just shut up this bleach, I cannot call 911 because I'll go to jail. <laughs> so I just sit in the corner and just dump water over my head over and over and Because you're on fire. Yeah. So, Fuck. Man. So, so you're telling me that, like, if, that you... You can shoot up bleach and you're okay. Yeah, I didn't. I'm here. Five cc's. Five, Five cc's. Yeah. Wow. 
So like, it's uh, about that much. But it was, it was probably, like, wow, dude. Does any part of you want to be like, dude, I'm going to film a gnarly stunt. Hey, everybody, this is, I'm Brandon Novak, and this is shooting up bleach. Absolutely not. <laughs> he never wants to do it. <laughs> Does anybody want to do it again? Because like, <laughs> if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> For the record, can I have that bit? If you don't want <laughs> yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Can I use that? Do I have your blessing? <laughs> After you showed it, I did. It would not shock me at all, man. Fuck. Dude, yeah. you could like. I watched Because there was the joke that's like, you can get rid of COVID by like taking blue. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. get COVID, yeah, that was try Trump it. Try it. Yeah, try it. Shipping bleach. See what happens. No good. That's yeah. no good. Well, it didn't cure me of the fucking hepatitis I had, so I don't know why I would like mm. do the bleach. Okay. It, like, well, uh, it's sort of, yeah, what's up with the hepatitis? Well, they have pills now that gets rid of it. So check this out. So I I'm, I I continue going. I go to a doctor right when there's a pill called Harvoni that had just hit the market. It hadn't even. It was clear by the FDA, but insurance companies like didn't know what to do with it it was right in that weird window of time of like everyone just didn't know it was a cure for hepatitis C mm. go to the doctor and the doctor's assistant had read my book because Dream Seller had already been out this was the first book the first book I got so mad at you yeah, yeah. <laughs> rightfully so like the fuck's wrong with yeah, you we're on the set of Jackass 3D and he's all fucked up but his book just came out and I actually like gave it an effort to read the book and like and in the book, he describes, like, addiction, like, the whole situation, like, recovery, like, what it's about. Like, what is it? He's just, like, I was, like, this fucking asshole has a complete understanding of, like, what the disease is, like, what it's, like, and he's describing, like, but he's just loaded and wasted. I was, like... I was just so fucking frustrated and offended by it because I was like a couple years sober at that time and I'm like, dude, how do you write this book that like eloquently describes recovery and you just fucking are a, a wasted piece him? of shit? Yeah. And what'd you say? You remember that? I don't even remember the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't offended that much. I didn't lose sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But, but, so but you that's were... the thing. I was too smart for my own fucking good. Yeah. So anytime yeah. that I found myself in a position where I could potentially save my life, I'd outthink myself out of it every time. So I you... dumb my way into sobriety this time. If you didn't know, I'm sober. <laughs> 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 so you were shooting dope for like a decade at least. Oh, fuck yeah. Wow. Yeah. How yeah, long were you before, shooting dope before for? Before Oxy became a Yeah, that right? went, yeah. I, so I did heroin first and then backtracked to the pills. Oh, really? Because mm. then like... You know, I started ending up on like Jackass and Viva La Bam, and I got like some recognition. And uh, like, I'd be like, Doc, man, like, I'm fucked. I heard broke mm. this, hurt that. Like, oh, no problem. You know, and I get the pills then. Mm. What's what's a worse a detox, oxy or heroin? Uh, I, they're both kind of one and the same. It wasn't, yeah. you know. It, yeah, was, it like all what, sucked. It's like what gets you more stoned, hash or weed. Yeah, but what, total. What, great analogy. What about methadone? Did you That's the fucking word. Liquid I was handcuffs. scared to do that. I tried to shoot that once. What about Suboxone? Yeah, I do that in detox. I tried to shoot that once, too. That was fucking Fuck. horrible. Yeah, dude. It's all bad news. It so, is. So you're talking about Viva La Bam and Jackass? Yeah. So h how much in contact are you with Bam these days? Not much at all, which I, is I good. I reached out to him like a week ago or two weeks ago, and and it was the first time I didn't, I actually didn't hear back. Which is a good thing. Yeah, right now knowing where he's at and the position he's in, no news is good news, and and I know uh, that he was at a position in his journey with his recovery that uh, he could have a phone briefly yeah. and kind of earn that I and then he, I think he's allowed to have a phone right now and he's just choosing to not use it which is the best fucking sign I wish that was the case oh okay so, so <laughs> that would be that would you're right like fuck there's a sign of hope here is right. he out and about or is he in no, somewhere so he they he had the phone and because he wasn't doing what should be done they took the phone back from him got it so, so he's that's why I didn't hear back yeah from him. totally alright yeah so yeah he's in a program um and the good thing is now is is uh he's got like he's under a conservatorship you know and it's not a conservatorship it's a guardianship oh really the conservatorship has has financial implications with the conservatorship they're they're in charge of all of your your money and everything a guardianship they they kind of leave your money out of it yeah and uh and the guardianship they're just like kind of there's rules you have to abide by and he's like forced to be in how how long do you have to be like that for 
I think that I mean I don't know that we're, if we're really even allowed to talk about uh, about it too much, but um, as I understand it, it it's like uh, still happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. We'll and the good thing is, is, is it, it's kind of doing for him what he can't do for himself. Right. I no, I, I agree. I, I agree very much. And um, you know, I, it, like even bringing up Bam is just like a. a lightning rod of uh, you know like controversy and shit it really is what it's we, a shame what I want to say is that I, and I've said this before but I'll say it again is that I've always nah, not always I used to always be so jealous of him he was such a fucking just ambitious fucking like just talented like he was so good at making footage so funny and like not it just making great amazing footage out of like nothing even happening and i was like man for me to get footage i gotta like do something huge you know like i couldn't just make footage out of nothing like that all you had to do was get a fucking dog (laughs) (laughs) fucking idiot that's right (laughs) i know but like and i would always say bam's younger than me he's richer than me he's like he's better looking than me he's more talented than me like you know like and, and all of that was true and um I just I, I now with everything going on, like I wish that we could have the band back who I was always so jealous of. I, I would love to be jealous of him again. And and, and I want that for him. I want Isn't him it crazy to how the world works and kinda of goes full circle? You know, how you would now give anything to have that guy back that at one point in time you were very jealous of. Isn't well, that, yeah, I mean... I, I, I see I, what you're saying, but it's... Right, mm-hmm. and when I say jealous, I think that the, that's just my natural default sure. reaction Absolutely. to being impressed by somebody. You know, like when I go to the circus, I'm fucking jealous totally. as hell of the performers because I want to be that rad. When, and, and that's why you <laughs> are that rad, dude. This is fucking Steve-O's Wild Ride Tour here. Fucking, <laughs> fucking come, and I'm sober. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I... I accredit he's my best friend in the world um, if it wasn't for him I'd be buried in that plot that my mother bought me in Baltimore like he was the one that, that stopped what he was doing and reached out to me and said yo come to Westchester right. live with me like skate again and, and wasn't that like a super misguided exercise in enabling you in the in the big picture and he brought you like uh, he brought you the enough fame and recognition for you to just keep staying sick but I don't believe that he could comprehend right, of course not. what was going on. Of course not. He so, thought he was helping you, but he was doing Knowing what more. I know now, yes, it was right. like a terrible recipe for fucking disaster. Right. And, and you were just but, this weird whipping boy for him. But if you look at this, if you weigh out the scales of justice, it's it's that in that world or like being homeless shooting up bleach in Baltimore. <laughs> so it's like... Right. And, and and then he had at his house like a garage that was just filled with like bam skateboards and and you would just go and oh yeah pill for that yeah shit. You'd, you'd, like like when you're on dead tour except that it was shit wasn't that, mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kyle wasn't sending me those boards yeah. right and, and and it wasn't dead tour it was the the crack house yeah how much did you like crack I didn't I was scared oh wow I was I, I had enough common sense to be scared because like. People would offer me hits and I would take them far and few in between, <laughs> but I could barely come up with 10 bucks a day sometimes, let right. alone like every 20 minutes. Right. So I knew I didn't need to like embark on that. That's how I was that. with meth. Like I, I was like really weirded out by it, but I never turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> how many times did you That's a meth? fucking quote. <laughs> yeah. That's tattoo worthy. <laughs> How many I times did, do you think I you did, did meth? meth plenty. Like in the early days, like when I lived in Albuquerque and like 97. Albuquerque is a place for that. 97, 98. <laughs> yeah. When in Rome. Like, uh, and it was just like weird biker meth. It wasn't, it was like old school meth where if you snorted a line, it just, it was like you snorted broken glass. Yeah. It was so gnarly. It Burns, was fucking you want to cut your nose off. Before like, it was like the thing. Yeah. Right, it's, and then uh, and then there was a lot of smoking meth out of light bulbs and shit. Yeah, you know, like, uh, but I never really was too into it. I mean, I was always like, like sure, but so yeah. What else, what what other like fucking salacious shit do we want to ask? Okay, I got I, I've got I've got one. Like, talk to me about like fucking like 
prostituting yourself for drugs. Is it true that you did yeah. like crazy fucking like weird gay stuff that and you're not gay? I would let men blow me. I would never blow <laughs> the men. Okay. Right? Um, there was standards there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is this in your book? Yeah. It's how my first book starts. It's the very first chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So you're okay with just going hard in the paint on this one right here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt pretty comfortable asking that question. Yeah. Brandon's an open book. Yeah, right, cool. <laughs> totally. Totally. If I'm not, I'll just not answer it. Right. Um, but yeah... Uh, so and it got to a point where you know you said it tonight um you know with your lux you're in this amazing relationship and she says hey we're in a relationship but it, you say it better than i i'll fuck this up but okay. intimate you don't need to show your body to everybody right and you're like but everything's a million times funnier if i'm naked right right so so for me i had did so many things in addiction right like the uh -huh. prostitution parts to then like you know, my character on Viva La Bam was Nudie Novak, so it was just naked everywhere, and then, like, we were doing the Fuckface Unstoppable tour, which was Bam's band. Yeah. And I remember doing this interview in Australia, and, and the interviewer said, we hear that there's, like, some homosexual tendencies that take place on stage. Are, are you a homosexual? And I'm like, are you calling me gay? And, and I don't give a fuck. And, 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 and I'm like, you're calling me gay. And I push him down, and I pull his pants down, and like bam, a couple people hold him down, and I pull his dick out, and I do two pumps just to prove that I wasn't gay, and I left the fucking interview, you know. Right. So I did all this weird shit, and and this is how I realized that I wasn't gay, and I love gay people. It's because I'm, because you you did two pumps, yeah, like of his dick in your mouth, just to prove that and I you wasn't. didn't enjoy it. You're That's, like, right there. That, no, that, that was that wasn't my thing. That well, here's where I realized it wasn't my thing. Later on down the road, I end up in this recovery house. And I want to like jerk off one day, and uh, dude, that's a serious crime to like physically like push someone down, I hold them down. That's why I stuck went over that really fast. Yeah. I was hoping you didn't. Yeah, yeah. I was like on the next, hoping right. that. What, what year was that? Fuck, everything's kind of a blur during those years. Probably <laughs> two thousand. Eight statute of limitations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least whatever, whatever it needs to be. That's how long so, ago it was. Yeah, exactly. Right. Great point. But, okay, so, so you let guys suck your dick, but you never sucked anyone else's dick unless they called you gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yes. But, but would you jerk guys off? No, nah, it was never like a thing. They right. like that's not really what they were looking for. For some reason, that did, that's like a guy, thing you, in that you, world. You, you let guys suck your dick, but what if they wanted to eat your ass? I used to. I used to live with this guy. Would I, that be like more? I, I, uh, I would negotiate totally, yeah. but I used to let I used to let a guy shave my asshole. Mm. He just wanted to shave it for how much? Wow. Uh, like twenty, forty bucks. I lived with him twenty, forty bucks, whatever he had. You're like, fuck, man. Like, like, like yeah, that. Just shave it. Like, cool. Interesting. How they much should you have to grow it out for him to pay you again? Six I wasn't hours. really a health and wellness kind of guy at that point, <laughs> so when he was ready, I dropped trout. <laughs> like. <laughs> it wasn't anything great going on. But so I ended up in this recovery house, and this is back when VCRs are in play. And, right. And uh, I want to jerk off, and there's these two guys, Brian and Donovan, who are like openly flamboyantly gay guys, and they're amazing guys. But, but I'm looking all through the house for a porn, can't find one. And in Brian's room, he's not there, there's a porn in the VCR. And I press play, and it's a gay porn. And I'm like, you know what? This is a perfect time for me to answer the fucking inevitable question, am I gay? And I watched the porn with a complete open mind to see if I got a hard cock, and I didn't. Hmm. So I, I, I think that kind of answered the question. But did you try? I, I wasn't opposed to it, you know? Like I was, so she did try? Yeah, totally. I like held my dick, kind of like plate caressed it, mm -hmm. you know, danced with it a little bit. All right. <laughs> it's a good date. It, it so didn't you return. jacked off to gay porn? <laughs> 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 Technically. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 yeah. I mean, you gave I it the old college ball. try. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, did. I did. But, I mean, I also have... Uh, I, I have a guy's come in me, but it, I've never been fucked. It's like, kind of right. like that magic trick where you do where you get on your back and you drink the thing with your feet. Right, but right, you know, right, right, right. So, me and Bam were, like, up doing blow for, like, five days straight. And after, like, 
day three delusional paranoid sure. shit gets weird. So 5 a.m., probably fourth or fifth day in, out of our minds, hadn't slept a minute, we're shooting a game of pool. And we have one of our tattoo artists there with us. I win the game of pool. We then go into the bedroom. I lay on the bed. Ben puts a, a pillow over my head. He pulls a laptop out and puts porn on and jerks off and comes onto my arm. And then we bring the tattoo artist in <laughs> and he traces around it. And then without no ink on it, he then puts the cum into my arm. See that right See there? That's cum? cum. In me. That's a rope. he's never fucked in me. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's an there. NBD right there. Dude, they got blood brothers, and then they got <laughs> brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but the whole thing is just so wrong that it's kind of right. Yeah, I, I won yeah, the game I of pool. It's not even that wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you won. It's fucking I used trying to shit out. like bet people a hundred bucks they could guess what it was, and then one time I was in the airport and the the, the bartender. Who was a, a a pretty openly gay guy? I'm like, yo, if you can guess what this is, I'll give you hundred bucks. He goes, oh, honey, that's cum. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> My one glass of wine, I had to tip a hundred bucks on because I only had a card. I'm like, dude, that's it. That's, that's so hilarious. funny, dude. Yeah, dude, that's epic, man. Yeah, I I love that you're uh, that you're so candid and transparent, dude. It's I, it's I, why not, man? Right, dude. I fucking dig that. And and um. To be clear, I really hope that uh, that I wasn't disrespectful in, in any other way. It wasn't my intention to be. Dude, I know that it would never be, right? right. Like, I know you, and I know kind of, yeah. I know what your sobriety is like, and I know that you're way past that point of, like, trying to pull, like, out a left field thing. Sure, and, I'm, not, and I'm not out to make anybody feel bad. I'm not out to, like, you know... I know that. To, Do, to, to harm anybody, but at the same time, I also, like, just don't know how to have a filter and so if I'm curious about something I'm just gonna dude there was one point where I was like I was switching sponsors I'm like you know what? maybe I'll ask Steve-O to be my sponsor wow. and and my next thought was like dude he's way too sober I'm like too nervous to you know what I mean oh yeah cause, cause I know how like transparent how authentic and how how much you work this and I don't know if I wanted to like level up that much um I, yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's a leveling matters. up. It's like you don't want you your friends to sponsor. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to have like a relationship. You know, that that would be to tangle the wires a little bit. Okay. You know? I, I would say that. Uh, I learned immensely from you. You know. Well, right on. I, man. I, I really pay close attention to what you do from a fucking I distance. There, there was there was a, a point, and we won't say what it was, but a point when you called me up for advice, like pretty recently. Yeah. And uh, I and and you know. It, it impressed me and it helped me. Really? Uh, like, yeah. You know that when people reach out for, for help, that you're actually helping the person who you reach out to. A helps, B helps, A the right. most kind of deal. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and I was just, I was impressed and uh, and, and, and it meant a lot to me to, to help you kind of navigate that situation that, that you found yourself in. And it was heavy and I wouldn't just call anybody. So right. like to share something with you. For sure. So for you to say, oh, I hope you didn't, I would never, you know what I mean? Like, no, dude, like I, I it, fucking know you. To me it was a no-brainer. Yeah. To me it was and a no-brainer. I agree. And, Who yeah. the fuck wants to listen to a really jaded, guarded podcast? Like, fuck right. it. Let's like be transparent and talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So what, uh... Where can people get a hold of you? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Did you put your number on the bottom of the like, screen? We're just scrolling the, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. A Chiron for the whole, for yeah, the whole bit. Uh, That'd be hilarious. And um, like, how much of uh, of your livelihood is within the sort of parameters of recovery versus like other? So when know? I got sober and I kind of got into that world of 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 part of it being a job. You know, I called my sponsor, who's who's a private therapist, and I said, "Lex, what do you think about this?" And he goes, "Well, what I'm going to tell you is," and, and he had at the time 13 years sober. He said, "I'm going to tell you, most people in the industry that the industry are sober of recovery, of, of recovery that uh -huh. work on the industry side don't stay sober." Right. Exactly what you said. Right. He said, "There's a fine line. There's work, and mm -hmm. then there's your sobriety. And the moment that line gets blurred." you'll drink again. And I like adhered to that. I paid a lot of attention because I really value my sobriety. And uh, <laughs> and and so I know that they're just two worlds apart. You know what I mean? Like it's, t I, I know, which means I'm to be held accountable. Right. Um, and it, it, so I'd say 
definitely 50-50, if I could, but who can gauge that? Sure. Um, so, so the the stuff that you do, like help, help us out like with the the business with Brandon Novak. And by Novak's the way, Novak's house. Yeah. No, Novak's house. Yeah, which is, I recreated what worked for me, right? Like I, like you did, I, I went to treatment and then I lived in a sober house for a year because that's what my sponsor suggested yeah. that I do because he did it. And at the time he had 13 years, so I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel and I followed suit and and that house kind of taught me it taught me legit like how to wash my clothes for the first month that i was in there i was washing my clothes with uh dishwashing Bleach. detergent because i didn't know and and then you know guys they're like you can't wash your clothes with like dishwashing detergent you need like i just i was really disconnected from reality and it taught me right. how to integrate or merge back into the world like as a quote-unquote normal human being and and I realized the impact that had on me and what it did for me. So as I continued to stay sober, that being in that house was like some of the best times of my life. Sure. Like I, I would go back and do it in a heartbeat. Life was very simple when I was in sober living. It was so and, amazing. Uh, How long did you de- detox for? Uh, <clears throat> my detox was like... <laughs> <laughs> the eye roll. That's even worse than screaming at him. He's like, not Wendy. <laughs> a human. Not Wendy. Uh, my detox was like, probably, you know, I was on detox meds for a week, but I felt like shit for probably two or three at least. Yikes. I didn't sleep right for like a couple months. I feel like a lot of people don't want to get sober because they don't want that. They don't want the detox and they're scared to, to detox. You know? That used to be my excuse in the beginning. Yeah. And then I, I got to a point where I think I, I matured. I think a lot of things aligned. At all my attempts at, at recovery, these seeds were planted along the way. Um, yeah. And then one day, like, it all just kind of aligned in this fucking skies part, and I walked across the fucking sea. Um, you, you have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Are you pretty active with it? I've, I, I've seen your shit pop up on there. Yeah, I, I as much as I can be. Do you do your own editing? No. Okay. I have a team that helps. Yeah, because I mean, dude, creating content, man, that's a fucking major a, livelihood. It is. It, so I don't really pay much attention to it at all, but I I do okay, and uh, I've decided to take the money that I make from that to just invest in weird shit like Bitcoin and fucking wow, things. dude, are you into Bitcoin? Not enough to like let it determine my day. But, right. you know, just in case I, I it does explode and I don't miss the boat. Well, that just happened. Kinda. I know. I know. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking well aware. Right. But, you know, I'd rather try and fail than never try and wonder what sure. if. Fuck it. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so I have, I, I, I'm, so I recreated the house that I got sober in, and it's a, it's just a straight up sober house, um, and it's a men's house, and there's 12 guys in it, and it's not like insurance based, it's not really like treatment industry world shit. Uh-huh. It's it's uh, it's guys that come from the streets that like have no insurance or state insurance, and they have to come directly from treatment, which is what I was a product of, right? I didn't have like great insurance that allowed me to go to like right. a Beverly Hills place, and uh, and uh, I have like people that have been generous enough to donate, you know, <clears throat> financially to it, which then allows me to provide scholarships. And there's twelve guys in it, and I. Unfortunately, it's full, right? Because there's like a need for it, and I wish that wasn't the case. I wish I couldn't like get. Well, the... sure. I mean, there's also like lots of dogs in the street in Peru, and I could only take one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what kinda I did different. was it, it, it kind of different. It inspired. <laughs> that's why you're an asset, dude. <laughs> and, and that's and and I, I it created the fire in me to like want to get more and help more so I, I acquired the house across the street last week it opened and that's full and and now on wow. my birthday which is the 10th I, I close on the third house so cool. by the end of December I'll have 40 beds uh, and I provide scholarships for all the gentlemen that come after completing 30 days of treatment to then having 30 days of a free bed so they don't have to worry about like where am I going to get a job to pay the rent for you know because when you get out of treatment wow. it's like so I'm creating, I'm not doing anything. I'm just getting a, a lot of assistance and through 
a lot of different ways for cool. people okay. to help. So is there like help. a five hundred one c three like no. nonprofit organization people can donate to? To I looked into that, and the the problem with that was if I turned it into a five hundred one c three, then I wouldn't own the properties. It like the the, ah. and and that's kind of. Although it provides an amazing service for a financially reasonable cost, I, the it's also very nice to own the homes at the end. And right. I don't want to not own the homes. You, right. Yeah. It's kind of like my 401k plan, if you will. There's a B Corp where I think it's dual. It's five one non-profit yeah, and profit. I think you can do some ancillary 501c3 that would just create money for the scholarships which isn't tied to the, or, I, or something. I was like just told about that like last night actually so yeah. it's something I mean I've been uh, we've just celebrated our first year um, okay, good. so I'm not you know I'm learning as I go um, but it's it's an amazing cause that it brings me the most joy how, how much does. is it the scholarship somebody for a month well it's $180 a week so times four I don't even know what that wow. math is 720 yeah. Can cool, you put me man. down for a scholarship and one guy for the month? Really? Yeah. yeah please. That'd be amazing. Totally. So it's, All right, dude. That's man. really, really. So uh, dude, give, give, me, give me two guys. Two? Really? Give yeah. me two. Dude. No, give yeah. me two. Yeah. Hey, there's four. So, uh, so we got, we got, uh. At one point, he's not I would have jerked up. off to that. <laughs> he's not going to one-up me on this nah, one. No, 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 no. Dude, dude, if you want two, I don't want two. Wow. Yeah. That, uh. You know the coolest thing about that is not only does it help the and individual. It's not a tax write-off because it's not a five hundred one c three, so we might as well just give them cash. I'll Venmo you. Oh, I'll, I'll put we'll you in touch with out, the person. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I don't send it really over. do the money thing, but but the coolest thing about that is not only does the individual get the help, like the families get better too. Totally. Like the the kids get better. It's such a snowball effect that goes so much further than people can really comprehend. Yeah. It's just so magical. Um, cool, that that's yeah. that's a big deal. I love it. Uh, Happy to do it. Wow. All right. Uh, thank you. There, thank you. Yeah. yeah thank dude. you. I mean that. Thank you. Fuck that's, yeah, that's, um, cool. Is there anything that uh, that you would like to promote other than that? Just that I'm fucking sober. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, dude. I love it. <laughs> that's it, man. Fucking sober. Dude. Call me. Oh, my God. I love it, dude. Dude, thank I love you. you and yeah, I'm so it. grateful that you're sober and yeah, that dude. you continue to inspire. You getting sober, like, helped my mother not cry at night because wow. it inspired me to, like, believe in me because I knew... The last time we partied together, you held me hostage in a hotel room as you yeah. did K and wouldn't let me leave, and I got scared. <laughs> and and I'm like, if that, you know, same thing. If right. that guy can do it, I can do it. And you inspired hope in me. Well, so fucking, thank you, you man. Thank I, you. This was amazing, Scott. I love you. Love you too, dude. This was dude. a juicy one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, cheers, man. Cheers. Thanks for providing you? the fucking YouTube video on how to shoot up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you save, you we save, can buy them. We can <laughs> Save somebody's life, dude. Or killed somebody. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A shockingly candid podcast from a shockingly candid guest. And here we are, man. I'm not kidding about being on this bucket list tour and taking care of myself. Yeah. I pound liquid death, I pound liquid IV, and I be pounding my sandwiches from DoorDash. That's all there is to it. And I'm also truly grateful for you guys. And again, I want to say this. The number of people who have told me on this bucket list tour that they are members of the street team. It warms my heart, man. And uh I'm just stoked on everything going on in my life right now. And thank you for being being a part of it. Fuck yeah. Woo! Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.